This is Talk Soup, a podcast that listens to superintendents. I'm your host, Monica Brady Myroff. I'm a public radio reporter and the founder of ListenWise, an ed tech tool for middle and high school students that uses public radio to build student listening skills. It also helps English learners acquire academic language with rigorous listening practice. Check it out for free at listenwise.com. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Judy White, Riverside County Superintendent of Schools in Riverside, California. She says trust is one of the most important things in building within her own organization. You need trust in order to move forward, and that's why it's important to me. And you'll hear about a time when Dr. White was kidnapped and held hostage. And in those 14 traumatic hours, she made a promise to herself. I said, if I get out of this situation, I was already uh, an administrator, but I said, if I get out of this situation, I was gonna be committed to not only doing the best for all students, but I was committed to bringing races together because race matters to me. Before becoming the Riverside County Superintendent, Dr. White was superintendent of Moreno Valley. She increased the graduation there from 67% to 78%. Dr. White says student engagement was key to raising the graduation rate. You have to go in and find out where are the gaps, why are children dropping out, and part of it was student engagement. You have to make sure that students are engaged. So we approached it by providing opportunities for connection because we wanted the students to be connected to school. And then we also had to go back to professional development and work with our teachers to make sure that they were teaching the standards, they had support systems in place in order to for the students to gain, and then we started celebrating. Whenever you have an initiative, you have to celebrate the small gains before you get to the great gain. And so over six years, there was a 20% increase, and these were real increases because the students were not only graduating, but they were eligible for college and going to college at a higher rate. But first of all, declaring it, making sure there's a sense of urgency, and putting in systems that will support all along the way. And I, I've read that uh, to you, the literacy gap is an important focus for the county. How are you continuing to improve literacy development and access to literacy tools across the county? Okay, there's multiple ways that we're doing it, but I'd like to share with you one particular way that we are, are addressing literacy, and that's through a program called Project Moving Forward. Recognizing that reading is critical for success in life, and sometimes people don't even understand that it's beyond comprehension of reading a book and applying academics, but if people can't read their prescriptions, they're not taking their medication uh, properly, or they can't read uh, the driver's license test, there's so many different ways that reading is so important. But with the, a project moving forward, it was developed by Dr. Linda Navaretti out of Harvard University, and she created a program that would identify about 2,000 high uh, vocabulary words that if students learned them, they could access other words. But how she taught the process was very unique. It was engaging, students would be able to move, students would be able to build on what they knew. Her program actually has really, really helped. So as a county superintendent, you always have to say, would that program be as successful in another district under other circumstances? So one of my approaches has been to start pilots. So we talked about the progress that had been made with pilot schools, and then we wanted to increase pilots to get five additional districts and five different school settings 
to implement the same program and if it was successful by measurable data, then we can say it is good and it's something that we can share. One of the county's bedrock values is building relationships that promote trust. Tell me a little bit about how you work to encourage this between students, teachers, families. We'll start from the global level. We can't talk about trust unless we have trust in our own organization. One of the books that we've read is A Slice of Trust and, uh, and The Speed of Trust. We've read that with superintendents and then A Slice of Trust with uh, our own cabinet and our own management team. And as you build trust, people become trustworthy by having acts of integrity. They become trustworthy by keeping their word. Whatever you've committed to do, you do it. Why is trust so important? The reason why trust is so important, it is um, important because without it, you can't move forward. You need trust in order to believe that whatever someone is offering is good. You need trust in order to move forward, and that's why it's important to me. Dr. White, what's your education story? Tell me a little bit about how, how you were raised and what kind of education you received. So when I, I reflect on my own education story, I was born in Los Angeles, and uh, my mom was a single mom, but she always emphasized the importance of education, but the thing that she focused on was graduating from high school. And it wasn't until I was in middle school and I had a straight A report card that my middle school stu- school teacher, Mrs. Obershaw, said, you know what, you could go to college. And I had never even heard of college. Just graduating from high school was our family expectation. And so from seventh to 12th grade, I joined every club. I uh, listened to every teacher. And I actually was a straight A student till my senior year. I got one B in high school, but I did earn a, an academic scholarship to Occidental College. But I wanted to be a writer. That was my original goal. I wanted to be a writer, a journalist, and travel all over the world. But in my senior year, I actually uh, worked part-time at a school. And then that's when I got the educational bug. I think now is a good time to go to the big talk questions. You know, these are uh, open-ended, thought-provoking questions, and I like them to be spontaneous, so I'm pulling one out of the bag. And the question is, what is... What was the most impactful event in your life? Are you ready for it? (laughs) Okay, the most impactful event in my life was when I actually was taken hostage. Someone had broken into my home uh, when I was in my late 20s and and actually kidnapped me and held me hostage. And I was, um, you know, rescued by SWAT team. But the process itself that I went through was a 14-hour ordeal. And in those 14 hours, I know many thoughts went through my mind, but I had to still say it was the most impactful because a couple of things happened during that time. One, there was a a hostage negotiator who asked to speak to me while I was on, had the gun to my head, and I had never seen anything like that, where a hostage negotiator asked asked to speak to the victim. And so the the person who had the gun gave me the phone, and, and the hostage negotiator said to me, I am so sorry, Mrs. White, things like this just never work out. And the reason why that has been so impactful to me is because I knew I could not depend on a person for this to work out. So it became more of a spiritual experience, but then also it let me know that people cannot call the end of your journey. That sometimes they might be limited in their experience or what they can do, but that cannot stop your journey. 
The second thing is I made a pledge. I said, if I get out of this situation, I was already uh, an administrator, but I said, if I get out of this situation, I was gonna be committed to not only doing the best for all students, but I was committed to bringing races together because race matters to me, especially unity matters. So I made that, that commitment in my heart, in my mind, because how many of us want to be saved or we want to be able to be rescued, but what for? What is going to be your purpose? So I made that, that commitment. And so um, that right there was the most impactful experience that I've had to this day. Well, that's pretty shocking. I, I kind of expected you to say, I went to college, the first uh, person to go to college in my family I did not expect a hostage crisis. Was, was it due to a, a simple robbery or a break-in? No, it was a break-in. And the person actually was, um, I, was I was thinking disenchanted, but estranged from their own spouse. And they had this, this idea that if they broke into my house, I did know their spouse, but I didn't know where their spouse was. They were in some kind of a house um, where people who had been battered, he thought that if he broke in my house, that somehow he was going to be able to negotiate me being exchanged for his wife, but we didn't even know where the wife was. So, that's, so it was more of a personal matter. He chose my house. Uh, my husband worked nights, and he thought I knew what, where she was. His idea was to make the exchange. And so that, that was the background of the story. But like I said, 14 hours, a whole community involved, watching it on television, so surreal. But the SWAT team being there, and then they made a deal with him at the end when they said they couldn't change, you know, exchange us. They, at the very end, they did, he did ask if they would take him to a mental institution instead of a, a jail facility. And then that's when he allowed me to go. And so, but that was an impactful uh, experience. That's Talk Soup. We've been listening to Dr. Judy White, Riverside County Superintendent of Schools. I'm Monica Brady-Myrov of ListenWise, a tool that helps improve student listening skills using podcasts and public radio. You can sign up for free at listenwise.com and subscribe to Talk Soup on iTunes. Thanks for listening.